Welcome to our service, whether you're listening online or joining us here in Daravolgi. This is the final Sunday of our church's year. Um, next Sunday we begin Advent and the preparation for Christmas. But this morning our focus is on Christ the King. One of the Psalms, 90, Psalm 95 for today, says... Come, let us bow down and worship him. Let us kneel before God our maker, for he is our God. We are his people, the people he cares for, the flock for which he provides. Wonderful words from the Psalms to encourage us as we meet together this morning in God's house. We invite Eleanor forward as she brings reads us God's word today. <clears throat> this morning's reading is taken from Acts 11, verses 19 to 26. The church at Antioch. Some of the believers who were scattered by the persecution which took place when Stephen was killed went as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, Antioch, telling a message to Jews only. But other believers, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and proclaimed the message to the Gentiles also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's power was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. The news about this reached the church in Jerusalem, so they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw the good news, Sorry. When he arrived and saw how God had blessed the people, he was glad and urged them all to be faithful and true to the Lord with all their hearts. Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and many people were brought to the Lord. When Barnabas went to Tisha, he, took, he looked for Saul. When he found him, he took him to Antioch, and for a whole year the two met with the people of the church and taught a large group. It was at Antioch that the believers were first called Christians. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Eleanor. Um, we continue this series of Dangerous Faith, uh, following on from our Harvest Partnership with uh, Open Doors and looking at the persecuted church, especially uh, in the Book of Acts, and seeing how that applies uh, for us today. We've heard already that faith is not a logical experience, it's a lived out experience. Not just something that we can work out in our heads, it's something that we need to live out and we need to live through. Uh, we've seen that promises that we make uh, are, are true. We need to try to keep those promises, make sure that we're being filled with integrity as we speak promises over people uh, and to people. We've seen that creating a stir, uh, people created a stir in the book of Acts because they wouldn't be quiet about Jesus. Uh, oh, that that would be the same about us today that we would create a stir in our community because we refuse to be quiet about him and last week we saw that transformation starts with a simple act of obedience um, in our obedient hearts our lives are transformed and those around us begin to be transformed because of our obedience to and for God so let's pray before we look at this passage today <clears throat> Father God we thank you that you are present with us but in our invitation for you to be present, we open our hearts and our minds to the truth of your word by your Holy Spirit. May it be your word and not my words, we pray. 
In Jesus' name, amen. New things always create a stir, don't they? Um, new things create a stir. Whenever something new happens, it creates quite a stir, like celebrations saying that there are no bounty bars in their tubs this year. Best. I've seen somebody's hands shaking in delight at the back. No. Hands up who likes a good bounty. See? Hands up who dislikes a bounty. Nah, definitely bounty winners have it. Um, but, 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 it but it created a real stir, didn't it? Because actually, uh, research said that with the cost of living crisis, one of the things that they thought would go was those extra tubs of chocolate, those little fringe things that we buy people for Christmas or that we have in our homes at Christmas would be dropped because that extra two for eight pound or the four pound for a tub or whatever would, would be dropped off our shopping list. And then they create this stir by saying there's no more bounty bars in it. And all of a sudden, all these bounty lovers are up in arms, and it's all over the media. And guess what? Everybody's talking about having a tub of celebrations at Christmas this year. It's new things create a stir, even in our hearts, in our minds, in our families, in our church, in our community. Whenever something new happens, it can create a stir. And one of the oldest ladies who I had the privilege of knowing and then officiating at her funeral was a lady called May. And whenever May died, she was 104 years old. Now, can you imagine, as I prepared for her funeral service, what do you say to someone who had lived for 104 years? At that stage, she had actually lived through three different centuries because she was born in the late 1800s, lived through the 1900s, and only died in the noughties of the 2000s. She had saw the invention of penicillin, the car, the airplane. She had outlived nine U.S. presidents, 26 prime ministers, and so forth. And the list kept going on and on and on. How many new things had that lady saw in her lifetime? And whenever we consider our lifetime, how many new things have we saw invented for us? And often these new things create a stir uh, create conversation, but actually, do they do something long-term in an eternal way for us? Last week, we had a little verse that we didn't focus on much, and it was found in Acts chapter 9 um, and verse 2, and it says this. Um, he went to the high priest, and he asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that he found any there who belonged to the way. Who belonged to the way. That's a strange little phrase, isn't it? Those that belonged to the way. The way being that declaration from Jesus whenever he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This following of Jesus, this following of the way, was a brand new thing. The words that we're reading today, this was a new stir that was happening amongst the people in that community and in that time. We can become a little bit complacent sometimes because we've lived through that. We look back with hindsight and we know this. We say that we know that Jesus came, that he lived, that he died, that he rose again, that he has ascended. We, we, we become complacent in that. It's not necessarily a stir or a new thing for us anymore. Actually, we can sometimes say, I've heard that all before. I don't want to hear it anymore. But as we look at this passage in Acts chapter 11, we hear this in verse 19. 
Now those who had been scattered by the persecution in connection with Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, telling the message only to the Jews. They told it only to the Jews. Only to the people who already worship Yahweh. And in one sense, that's a bit like God doing something new amongst us as a church and only us talking about it to each other and not sharing what he is doing with everyone else around us and saying, come and see what Jesus is doing. Verse 20 says, but some of them, however, some of them have obviously broken ranks. Some of them However, when, uh, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene went to Antioch and began to speak to the Greeks also, the Gentiles, the non-Jews, the people who were discarded and who were set to the side, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. Because we know as followers of the way that this good news is for absolutely everyone. It's not just for me. It's not just for you. It's for everyone. This message, this good news, the way is for everyone. And we can't contain it or hold it to ourselves. And as our brothers and sisters across the world are persecuted for following the way the day, following the way today, it'll be split a wee bit better, doesn't it? Uh, as those here in the church, in countries where it's difficult to follow the way, difficult to proclaim that they know Jesus and that they want to know Jesus and that they follow him, we pray for them. Because as they tell other people, this is real for them. They are creating a stir in their community. And we are called to do the same here. But the response that we find in this passage today, in verse 21, is the Lord's hand was on them. And a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. Whenever they created a stir, whenever they told other people about what Jesus was doing, God's hand was upon them and a great number of people turned to him. Oh, that that would be in our day, in this moment, in this place. Verse 22, news of this reached the ears of the church in Jerusalem and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. We can't contain it. Whenever God is doing something within us, we can't contain it. It overflows out of us. Uh, the joy overflows out of us. Joy is one of those uncontainable things, isn't it? Have you ever met someone who you think is just too joyful? It's kind of hard to tell them that, but isn't it? Because actually, joy is one of those things. <laughs> the wee gale came from the back there. Joy, <laughs> joy is one of those things that comes almost from deep within us. Whenever we have the joy of the Lord, it wells up within us and it bubbles out and it comes forth in a way that is infectious to the people around us. The first time I was in the principal's office in theological college was for this. He asked me a question, did I, did I know why I was now sitting? You know, his question was, do you know why you're here? And my response to that was, what, you mean in general? Like, what life's about? Why I find myself sitting in a theological college? 
or why you've asked me to come into your office today. He said, the latter one, James. And I said, no, I, I don't know. And he said, you're just a bit too happy in worship. And it's starting to affect other people. As you see, it made a great effect on me. And I became sad and forlorn. Uh, but sometimes our, our, our worship, our joy, becomes infectious to the people around us. Whenever God is at work, it is truly evident in his people. And even the gates of Hades could not prevail against it, as the scriptures say. Whenever the Lord blesses a movement or a moment in his name, beautiful things happen. Listen to verse 23 of our reading today. When he arrived, that's Barnabas, and saw the evidence of the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Barnabas saw evidence of the grace of God. And he encouraged them. I want to encourage you today. Because I think the grace of God is in this place. I think you're a very welcoming community. For those people who have come and who have joined here, it is something that they remark on. It's a place that welcomes. It's a place that speaks to other people. It's a place that welcomes people in. And they bear testimony to that. So I want to encourage you today that the grace of God is in this place and continue to do what it is that you're doing. And as we continue to do what it is that we do, we become deeper in love with the Jesus that we worship. We grow as we follow the way. And as we do all of those things, our community becomes, our community of faith becomes a more attractive place for other people to ask questions and to want to belong to. A community that is focused on the Lord becomes a community that is attractive to others. Is that what we are with all of our quirks and our foibles? I think it is. Is our, focus, is our focus on Jesus attractive to those in the streets around us? Because that is our mission. That is what we've been called to be faithful to, to those in our community that we are called to serve full of grace and full of love. And as this passage says, this is the first time that the followers of the way have been called Christians kind of a nickname they've been given to sum them up and it literally means we're not going to the greek word but it literally means followers of jesus and so the people around began to look into these different and disparate communities of believers who were now spreading out from jerusalem into judea out across the world, and they were looking into each of those communities, and they were saying, those people follow Jesus. Let's call them Christians. In our words, 
in our actions and in our daily lives as people observe us? Do they look and say, there's a follower of Jesus? Do they call us a Christian? Do they give us a nickname? Because some nicknames are funny, some sad, some cruel, some realistic. To be a Christian is literally to be a follower of Jesus. So these men and women were noticed because of the way that they followed Jesus. And so it's not just about what we do as we gather in this place. More importantly, it's what we do as we scatter out into our homes, our streets, our places of work, our places of education, and our places where we do our hobbies. That's where our mission field is. That's where we are called to be faithful, and that's where we are called to be followers of Christ and called so that others might observe Jesus in and through us. Because as this passage tells us, whenever the first disciples and the first followers of Jesus did that, other people joined them. They grew. Faith deepened. Community sprang up. So let it be in this place, O Lord. Stir up our hearts, we beseech thee, O Lord. Grant your faithful people may be plenteous in our worship of you. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you that you are present and with us. And so in this moment, help us not only to know you more and to understand you more, but to live out our lives for you in a way that only we can do. With mannerisms and personalities that you have given us that we might point to you and away from ourselves. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Let's turn our hearts to prayer as we go. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds and the knowledge and the love of God, and of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless one each one of us this day and forevermore. Amen. Amen.